Success in the New Retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. And this is the Success in the New Retirement podcast with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. My name is Mark Owens, and it's all powered by Acute Wealth Advisors. All the information, you can find it at successinthenewretirement.com. The debt ceiling is the limit on the amount of national debt that U.S. Treasury can incur. Now, one of the problems with not raising the debt ceiling is that interest rates going up, the market being negatively affected, and as Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen told CNBC, it could delay your Social Security plans. It would be catastrophic to not pay the government's bills when you think about the impact it could have on 50 million seniors that are expecting Social Security checks on our troops, on 30 million households waiting to receive their child tax credit payments. And these would be delayed and the delays would grow longer. By failing to pay any of our bills that come due would really be a catastrophic outcome. I fully Uh, expect it would cause a recession as well. All right. So Congress has approved the extension that'll kick that can down the road to December. But, you know, Damon, Matt, is this something that clients need to pay attention to? Well, can I, is it all right if I get on my soapbox for just a second? Yes, sir. Uh-oh. So <laughs> so the debt ceiling, let's just talk about that because we go through this all the time and it does cause shockwaves through the market and kind of causes panic. And yet they every time just go along and raise the debt ceiling up. And so the idea behind it at one point was, hey, let's put a cap on what we can borrow as a country. And maybe that will help us to not spend too much that we can keep our spending under control, that we, we won't raise this, you know, have this massive debt. And what have they done every single time that we've come to that? I mean, it's not like they're going to be like, nope, we, we're not going to pay our bills as the U.S. government. And so they just come along and they raise it. And they go through this political dance to do it, and they mm-hmm. act like they just saved the world, when it really serves absolutely no purpose to have a debt ceiling if you just constantly keep raising it up, right? And so all it does is cause shockwaves through the market. So in my opinion, the debt ceiling just needs to go away because we keep maxing out our credit card, and all we end up doing is you know fighting about it, talking about it, bickering about it, and then at the last minute, what do we do? Well, we well, suddenly it. we get a credit increase, right? And boom, we can borrow and spend more. And so, you know, it doesn't solve our spending problem. It doesn't solve our national debt problem. All it does is kind of create this concern or this panic in the market. And it's really just kind of, it's really just a dumb idea. Um, I'm, I'm off my soapbox now, but, you know, <laughs> but, you know, you know I, I, saw- I don't think people need to worry. So back to your original question, yeah. do they need to worry about it? I don't think they need to worry about it, but it is something that if you're watching the markets lately, they've had some volatility. Now, part of that is related to this whole, can we get this done? Is there going to be an issue? Is there going to be a shutdown? That kind of stuff. I mean, the markets know that that we're playing a game of chicken and that eventually someone's going to, you know, it's not like we're going to crash and mm-hmm. someone's going to move out of the way. And so they don't panic too much about it, but it, it's just a worthless thing. And I don't think people should panic about it, but they should know that it creates volatility in the market. And that's what we're seeing. You know, Damon, I saw a meme once and tell me if this is a a good description of what the debt ceiling is. If your basement is full of sewage, what do you do? You clean out the sewage. What does the U.S. government do instead of cleaning out the sewage? (laughs) They just raise the ceiling so more sewage can come in. 
Yeah, we just we yeah. just open up another room and just fill that one up, yeah. and then another room and fill that one up. You know, so it's, it's well. Pretty- and if you look at that, and, and the conversation that we've been having for a number of years with our clients is, you know, there that something at some point has to give. You can only raise the ceiling so many times, and and so we've got to look at the debt and and kicking it down the road doesn't fix the problem; it just exacerbates it, and so with retirees and the bulk of of the money uh in america being with baby boomers and people close to retirement um that you know 60 to 80 percent of those dollars saved are in 401ks and iras that have never been taxed well you can look at retirement we know that for for people retiring now it's going to be potentially 10 to 15 years longer than your grandparents and so there's a long window of time that you're going to be drawing money out and during that time is it likely the taxes are going to be higher than they are today. Mm-hmm. And and yes, I mean, how can you argue against that? And and so now what you can be doing is how do I become tax efficient now? What things can I be, be doing today? And and this is a great time to be visiting that at, in the fourth quarter of the year to say, OK, how do I look at 2021 and are there some things I should be doing? Should I be contributing to my Roth IRA? Should I be looking at a conversion in my Roth IRA, taking money from that 401k or IRA and moving it over at low tax rates? And then what should I be looking at in 2022 and beyond? How can I prepare for the future so that when I'm retired and I don't, I'm not putting in that retirement savings every month, I'm taking out of it. How can I be tax efficient and keep as many dollars coming to me and my monthly income and as few dollars to Uncle Sam? Because as we see, they don't do a great job about budgeting and spending and, and we don't really have a whole lot of control over that, but we want to have control over our monthly income because that's going to give any retiree the comfort to know that they can go out and do the things they wanted to do, whether that's golfing, visiting the grandkids, doing the cruise, you know, donating time, whatever it is, those are the, it takes time to prepare for those. And that's what Matt and I and our business we're doing all the time is helping our clients look at their overall financial portfolio and managing it well, but also saying, what are we going to do about these taxes and how do we be tax efficient here? Because that puts some more dollars in your pocket and that makes those gains that you do get on your portfolios look that much better because you're not going to give away a third of them to Uncle Sam because you did no tax planning. How often do you think, be honest with us right now, how often in a day when you wake up to when you go to bed, how many times a day do you think you look at your smartphone? Is the market open? <laughs> <laughs> so the yes. market's open. Yeah, just your, aver- your market average open. Day. Market's open. If, if, if the market's open, you ask my wife, I'm checking that pretty often, kind of seeing what's going on, making sure that we're aware of what's happening and, and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, my wife will try, she'll do her best to get our family to put away the phones you know, around dinner time and things like that. So that we're, you know, looking each other in the eye and actually having a conversation. So you start shaking a little bit and you start glancing down to your phone, sweating a little bit at dinner. Yeah, but let's be honest on Saturday and Sunday when the market's not open, there's a lot of football games going on. Well, right. So so if I'm not watching the markets, then you're on the ESPN app, checking the scoreboard and then you're doing. So again, I, I think all of us probably have those things in our hands a yeah. lot more than yeah. we probably uh, should. Damon, my, what do you say? For the, for the children, I would say, you know, how often do they look away yeah. from the <laughs> smartphone? <Yeah. laughs> it's like an appendage. Wait, how, how old are your kids, Damon? 
Uh, it ranged from 12 to 22. And so it's my 12-year-olds, they don't have their own phones yet, so they probably have the best. <laughs> and that's what? How many children? Like, is it like up to 17 it's, or 18? 25, you know. 25 we're, we're working on our 26, summer, you know. <laughs> Heck of a football team, you got a squad going there. All right, so the reason I ask is because there was a survey by the tech company Huron that found that American adults look at their phones 96 times a day when they're awake. That's once about every 10 minutes. Personally, that feels really low. I feel like I look at my phone about five times every five minutes. Like it's always in my hands. And even that 96 times a day, that's up 20% over the last two years. And the reason I ask that about smartphones is because, you know, some investors get a little nervous and they tend to check their financial standings a lot. The way, Matt, you said that you're always looking at the market. But is there too many times to keep looking at your portfolio, to keep looking at your investments? Can it be bad for you? Like, what do you tell clients about almost watching it too much. You know, I was actually thinking about this, uh, surprisingly enough, when I was driving in to do the show today, is that, you know, so when we're managing a portfolio, one of the things that we're trying to do is grow our clients' accounts and do it with less risk, right? So our our objective is let's try to to create a, a good market performance in this portfolio, but do it with less risk than the benchmark so that the client's getting value and they're not, they're not seeing so many ups and downs. But what can happen is you're, if you're watching the market every day, you can have those days where you're like, oh man, I just saw a red day, meaning you know it's down 3% or, or down 0.3% or it's down a half a percent. And unfortunately, human psychology and, and behavioral finance has done studies to show that those red numbers, whether you're a financial advisor or you're just a regular person, when you see those red numbers, those negative days, they have a greater impact to you emotionally than the green numbers that come the very next day or two or three days in a row. You'll still remember that red number. Mm-hmm. And what happens is sometimes we focus on that negative too much and we don't really pay attention that the overall the account has actually done very well. And so in a lot of cases, one of the things that I do to kind of help gauge where we should be moving clients funds and what's actually happening in the market is you kind of have to step back and you have to step back of, well, how did it perform over the past four weeks and look at those weekly totals? Okay. Let's step back a little bit. How has it performed the past few months and what's the general trend of the market? And when you start doing some of those things, then it starts taking away some of the emotion because you can kind of say, well, yeah, we may have had a choppy couple of days here, or there's been a pullback this past week. But if I step back over the past month or the past three months, you know, the account is still up, you know, 3% during that period of time. The general trend is an up market. And doing that, I think that helps us kind of get that focus back to say, okay, am I a long-term investor or am I a short-term day trader? And how am I going to make adjustments to my portfolio that gives me the best chance to have proper growth to protect against risk when the markets really don't go into a market correction, but not overreact on something that happened on a daily basis or a a couple bad weeks in the market. And that's the key. Because again, if we get emotional about our investing, and so I would say less is more, right? Okay. I mean, I don't want someone to to totally ignore their accounts and not look at them for a whole year and not see what's going on. We do an annual review and like, how's my accounts doing? And I was like, I don't know, have you been watching it? And they're like, no, I don't, I don't agree with that. Right. <laughs> but if they're watching it every single day, I think oftentimes that's creating more stress and concern and anxiety about what's going on with the markets and their investments then they probably should be inflicting on upon themselves. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions.
Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. 